You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast that features interviews with thriller, mystery, and suspense authors. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash M-T-T-A. That's an M as in murder. Over 180,000 titles, including great thrillers to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So stay tuned for the next episode of Meet the Thriller Author. Welcome to episode 31 of the podcast, in which we'll be meeting Dan Ames, who is an international best-selling author and winner of the Independent Book Award for Crime Fiction. His books have been number one on mystery and crime fiction bestseller lists in both the United States and abroad. Uh, Dan writes fast-paced thrillers like the uh, John Rockney uh, hard-boiled uh, private investigator mystery series. He also writes westerns and other types of uh, genres as well, but he's uh, best known for his thrillers. So really excited to have him here on the uh, show. So let's uh, meet Dan Ames. Dan, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing, Alan? Oh, I'm doing uh, very well. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on the uh, on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you and, for having me. Oh, excellent. Yes. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, please, for because listeners might not be familiar with your work or your books yet? Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in Wisconsin, moved to Detroit, Michigan back in 2000. Uh, I work in uh, advertising. I studied journalism at the University of Wisconsin, went into advertising. I'm still in advertising. And uh, I started self-publishing in 2011, and uh, I've never looked back. And uh, how many books do you have out right now published? Right now I've got about 12 novels published and a variety of short stories. And can you describe your uh, books uh, to someone who might uh, not be familiar with your novels? Sure. I write in the in the crime fiction genre, obviously. I write thrillers and mysteries. I would say that most of my books have an element of humor in them. Uh, one of my series, the Mary Cooper Mystery Series, actually has the word sarcasm in every title. So those books um, are obviously heavy on dark comedy. And then I have the John Rockney Mystery Series, which is more of a straightforward crime novel series, and those have a little bit of humor in them. And then I also have some straight-ahead thrillers like The Killing League and The Murder Store, and uh, that's that's kind of uh, my main series right now. Yeah, that was the first book I read of yours was uh, Death by Sarcasm a few years ago. <laughs> it was a good yeah. mix of, of thrills and, uh, like you said, a little uh, humor as well in the, the main character. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I kind of figured... Um, my family certainly employs a lot of sarcasm, and um, I know quite a few people who have sarcastic senses of humor. And uh, so I thought, you know what, let's build a series around that. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been writing for? I've been writing a long time. I was one of those people who started writing fiction, you know, in high school and college and sort of was all over the place in terms of writing short stories and literary fiction. But uh, I really, I really got serious and decided, you know, I wanted to to really take a take a run at it. Probably around the mid '90s. Okay, and then it is with these the series that you have now. Well, you it was, uh, yeah, you know what what happened so often is, uh, you know, back then self publishing wasn't didn't really exist. Ebooks didn't really exist. 
And uh, so I was going the, the route everybody did, which was you write a book and you pitch it to agents and mm. and so on. And so I actually had quite a bit of luck in getting agents, <laughs> but uh, I actually had a series of about three different agents on three different books, and uh, not, nothing really came of it. Uh, one of my thrillers, Random House, was uh, very interested in acquiring. That didn't work out. Um, and so, it, like I said, in about 2011, I decided, you know, I really liked uh, my book, Death by Sarcasm, and uh, I thought I could make a great series of it. So that was the first book I self-published. Yeah, you know, I want to uh, let you know that you were you're one of the first ones that really influenced me with the whole self-publishing when it started coming about, because you were, like, one of the first. And I remember the first time I started hearing about self-publishing was a lot of, like, young adult fantasy-type stuff. You were, like, the first yeah. thriller guy. I'm like, oh, wow, thrillers. That's what I like to do. So I'm like, hmm, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, my my pleasure. Yeah, it was, it was quite it was quite a different uh, it was quite a different market back back in early 2011 than it is now. It was uh, it was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then do you, do you find it like um, is it more challenging now, or is, or you already kind of have more established yourself? Uh, you know, probably in the. I, yeah, I would say the landscape has changed dramatically, and it's much more competitive. And it, you know, the issue is always discoverability. Um, mm-hmm. It was you know back in back in 2011. It was much easy. Uh, it was much easier to be discovered, to, to get on the list, and to stay on the list. You know, things like free promotions were such a novelty. Dropping a book to ninety-nine cents, you know, was was a novelty. And uh, um, so those things are now tried and true. So it's it's always it was a challenge then, and it's it's still a challenge now for every author. It was super easy, then everybody would be doing it, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> when you started to uh, uh, write your books, uh, why did you choose the uh, like the thriller prime genre? Is that something that you were that you were a fan of as a reader? Yeah, it, it was funny. As a as a kid, I grew up. Uh, my dad was a big fan of westerns, and he had every Louis L'Amour western and Zing Gray western, and so a lot of those are a lot of the first books I read as a kid, um, and then. You know, I changed. I, I went through a phase of reading Stephen King and, and some other stuff. James Clavell, I read a lot of. I mean, I was kind of all over the place. But uh, really, the the book that made me want to write mystery and crime fiction was The Butcher's Boy by Thomas Perry. Um, I just, I'll never forget reading that book. It was just, it was just kind of mind blowing. You know, it was. It was really cutting edge at the time because his protagonist was a contract killer, and um, I think it was it was one of the first books, you know, where at least that I had read, um, one of the first books where like a real bad guy was the hero, and um, it was like it was just like I said, it just sort of blew me away, and um, it was that was always the book like that's the kind of book I want to write, and. Um, so that really inspired me, and then I really went into reading more and more crime fiction, thrillers. I read a lot of Robert Ludlum and, and other guys, but um, that, was, that was the book that triggered it, triggered it in me, the desire to write uh, crime fiction. Oh, and then as you, you also have uh, published some, uh, it looks like, like westerns, like The Killer's Dry. Is that a western, like an old-time western? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting because... Um, 
Thomas and Mercer approached me. They had a new program they wanted to roll out, which were Kindle serials. And so they asked me to pitch them a concept. And I had always, you know, I'd always been a fan of Westerns. And when I was in college, I took a course called The History of the American West. And in the in the textbook, there was there was a mention of this thing called the circuit rider, which I'd never heard of. But the circuit rider was basically a guy of uh, a religious guy, you know, priest, pastor, uh, whatever, going around the West and you know preaching. And so a lot of those wild towns didn't have churches, didn't have priests, didn't have that. So they would just go. So they were riding through outlaw territory, all all kinds of really dangerous stuff completely by themselves usually. And so I thought it was a, like a really fascinating uh, idea for a character. And then I discovered that sometimes they had sort of like a bodyguard. And um, so I had the idea to have the circuit rider accompanied by a female alcoholic gunfighter. <laughs> and I just thought, <laughs> you know, I just thought what a great pairing. You know, a little bit of a role reversal where the guy is kind of the straight-laced, you know, man of the cloth, and the the wild outlaw is the woman. And so I pitched that to them. They liked it, and I wrote the first one, which is called The Circuit Rider, and then the sequel is called Killer's Draw, and I'm working on a third book right now. Oh, so you have a lot of series going on at the same time. Do you like uh, do you like focus on one? Like you you write in one series and then move to the next, or do you kind of like write several at the same time? Yeah, probably probably to my detriment. I probably <laughs> I probably could have I probably could have sold more books if I had just focused on one series and just written you know book after book in the same series. But you know, I just had I had ideas for different series, and like that one. Uh, you know, that was an opportunity to do a serial and, and I wanted, so obviously I needed to pitch a new, a new idea. And then, you know, my other, my other main series, the John Rockney mystery series was one I really wanted to write for a long time. Um, and so right now, yeah, I'm kind of in a pattern where I'll write a John Rockney mystery, then I'll write a Mary Cooper mystery, then I have the Wallace Mack thriller series. So I'll write uh, a Wallace Mack thriller. Then I've got the uh, the Western series in order for two, so I do I do kind of go in rough order. Being an uh, independent, uh, being an Indian, and uh, working with Thomas and Mercer, how was that? They were great. You know, they're uh, I had a really wonderful team and a great editor. You know, the the difference is a lot of it is promotion. You know, in terms of uh, you know, in terms of book promotion, price discounting is essential you can't i mean you can't run a promotion where the book is at full price so when you have a publisher the publisher controls the price so it's very difficult for for you as the author to plan and schedule promotions for those kind of books which is great about i guess i would be considered a hybrid author so i have i have the circuit rider series and then i have a historical novel called To Find a Mountain that was published by Lake Union. So those three books are with publishers, and then I have all my self-published stuff. So it it is it is an interesting difference between having a publisher and then being a self-publisher as well. Hmm, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. you still get, get control of your other books, too. So I've heard, I've heard that about Thomas and Mercer, that, uh, that, that they don't have these draconian contracts and 
and stuff like that. Right. They don't let you do anything else. So that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, Amazon, I mean, you know, publishing with Amazon, Amazon Publishing is great because obviously they've got, they've got the database. So when they, when they choose to put their, uh, promotion power behind your book, it, it does very well. Um, but they, you know, it's like everything, it's, the industry is super competitive. Um, Amazon Publishing has a lot of authors as well. So, you know, nothing, nothing is given in this, uh, in this industry. How many books do you, do you publish a year or, or do you try? What's your target? I don't have, I don't have a set in stone publishing calendar. I probably should. Mm-hmm. You know, my goal is usually about four or five novels a year. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get this, sometimes I get distracted. I'll write a shorter, uh, a short story or a novella, or I'll be asked to participate in an anthology. And so sometimes that throws my schedule off. And plus, Plus, life just gets in the way sometimes. Now, you mentioned that you had the idea for the Killer's Draw. Um, is that uh, kind of like with your other thrillers, your crime thrillers? Is it kind of like based on on stuff you read about in the news or hear about? Or Yeah, sometimes. Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, I'll start with a character. Like, for instance, the John Rockney mystery series. The, the idea for the character, or at least part of the character, was inspired by real life. I was living in Wisconsin at the time of the notorious Jeffrey Dahmer uh, serial killer case. I don't know if you remember that, but... So, yeah, at, at the time I was living in Minnesota, so it was uh, not too far. Well, it was, you know, uh, horrific crimes, but uh, one of the one of the things that, that happened that I read about was, um, you know, Dahmer would drug his victims before he would kill them, and one of the victims realized he was being drugged and he managed to escape Dahmer's apartment and he actually was running down the street and he found a cop and went up to the cop but he couldn't really talk because the drugs were taking effect and Dahmer came up and he talked the cop into saying you know my friend just had a little bit too much to drink you know I'll take care of him or whatever and the cop gave him back to Dahmer and then that that guy ended up being one of Dahmer's victims and so I always kind of wondered what effect that had on that cop. I mean, you're you're sworn to protect, and you basically handed handed a victim who managed to escape and get to you for help, and you handed him back to the killer. And so that was one of the key components in when I came up with the idea of John Rockney. He was a cop in Gross Point, which is a suburb of Detroit. He made a horrible mistake, very similar to what I just described. And obviously ended up losing his job on the police force. And, um, you know, I think in a lot of ways what he does in the books is he is always trying to make up for that mistake. Yeah, that's uh, that's chilling. I do remember re- uh, re- reading about that. It was a young person. It was a young young man, too. Yes. Yeah. 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 Interesting how one thing kind of triggers you <laughs> and the whole series is born out of that interesting when you're thinking of characters and, and what drives a character um, kind of finding a fresh way in and that that angle just provided that for me do you write like panting or do you have uh, like very detailed outlines or what's your, your writing process well I, I started off as a panther I did an outline I would just get an idea and I would go and it worked it sort of worked but then I got to a book and 
I started, and I got about 100 pages in, realized I had written myself into a horrible corner and basically scrapped the 100 pages, and I started over. I wrote another 80 pages, realized I had written myself into a different corner, scrapped those 80 pages, and then I said, all right, it's time to do, it's time to do an outline here. So what I do now is I write a very, very rough outline. Skeletal would be an understatement. But it, but it's at least enough to kind of give me an idea of where I'm going to go. And I don't always have the ending, but I have a couple possible endings, at least in mind. And then when I write the first draft, I revise the outline at the same time. And so I don't finish the outline until I finish the first draft. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it's a little bit of panting, a little bit of plotting. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's, the, it's, it's a kind of like a compass. So you don't get uh, lost in the in the in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you know, having an outline helps because it also shows you where you've been, and you know, it's just it helps keep the whole book, the whole book in front of you. I mean, I know Stephen King is is sort of the poster child for pantsing, where he just has the whole book in his head and he just goes, you know. But for me, I, I like to have a little bit idea of where I'm going, and then I like to also have an idea of where I've been. And that way it's easier also to go back and change things and insert plot points and, and that kind of thing. So for me, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's a 50-50 kind of proposition. And where do you uh, do you write? Do you have a like a home office or coffee shop? Or? Yeah, no, I've got uh, I've got a spare bedroom that's converted into my office, and um, I pretty pretty much right there in the morning. Um, I still work in advertising. I still have a day job, so I write in the morning before work. Uh, sometimes I'll write on my lunch hour as well, and then sometimes I do work after work. Although. After work, I tend to do more um, marketing and planning and that kind of thing. The bulk of the bulk of my writing is in the morning when I'm at my freshest. And uh, are you able to use your your skill set as a, in advertising for the book marketing, or is that the diff two different things? <laughs> <laughs> well, most of my career in advertising has been more in the big brand kind of advertising, you know, car commercials okay. and that kind of thing. You know, book marketing, you are building a brand, but it's also quite a bit of retail advertising, which, frankly, I didn't do for a lot of my career. So it's been, you know, I think the, the nuts and bolts of it, book marketing, I've had to learn. But, you know, in terms of the big picture building a brand, um, I know all about that. Yeah, I love your uh, – checking out your website, your uh... – Aims to Kill logo. It's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> very very <Yeah>. catchy. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be yeah. the name of my blog, but I think uh, somebody in Japan took the uh, URL before I could get it for some reason. Oh, I hate when that happens. Does your personality make it into your books, um, the world around you, or how does that, uh, does that ever happen? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, definitely, uh, definitely my a uh, sarcastic sense of humor got into obviously the Mary Cooper series and that she's also based on a couple of people I know as well um but you know that's 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 about it uh, most of it is most of it's just pure imagination and 
ideas for hooks and that kind of thing. And uh, what are you working on now? Which uh, which series are you working on? Well, what I decided to do is I thought it would be fun to write a novel where uh, Mary Cooper, my uh, private investigator in Los Angeles with a penchant for sarcasm, um, if she was teamed up with John Rockney, my Gross Point private investigator on a case. So I actually just finished the, the first draft of that novel um, featuring both of them. And it was it was a lot of fun to write. Um, and so that one, uh, you know, I'm going to go through the editing process, and uh, that, that'll be out before the end of the year. And then after that is a, the fifth John Rockney mystery. Well, that's cool. It's like a crossover, kind of like uh, when Connolly does yeah. the uh, Lincoln Lawyer and uh, Bosch. Yeah, that's exactly. Awesome. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that must have been lots of fun because you know them both worlds so well. <laughs> yeah, and they're both uh, and they're both fun characters, and they're totally different. And I figured that if I put them together, there'd be uh, a pretty good chemistry. And um, it is. It's been a blast to to have the two of them uh, working on a case together. So, uh, what keeps you going with uh, writing and uh, and putting your stories out? Yeah, you know what it is. What it is is I love the idea of, or I love the process of getting a great idea for a book, and then and then actually making it happen. And the best part is is finishing it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. You know, I read a great book. Um, it was an autobiography by Michael Crichton, and uh, I think it was in the book. It might have been an interview too. But he talked about his writing process where he, you know, had more ideas than he could possibly ever write. And so what he did is he would start, he'd have, I think he said he had, on average, he had about 12 or 13 stories in progress. <laughs> and what oh, he would wow. do is he would, is he would wait for one of them to sort of break apart from the crowd and take off. And then that's the one he would write. That's the one he would finish. And so I don't, I don't have 12, novels going at once, but I certainly have a folder of ideas uh, for series and books and all that, and I want to write every single one of them. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's really what drives me is, you know, I'm I'm always excited about the one I'm working on, but I also can't wait to finish it so I get to go to the next one. So it's 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 that enthusiasm and it's that excitement of you know can I bring this idea to life or this series to life? Um, and that's really what keeps me going. And do you write every day? Every day. Yeah. And do you have like a word? Come hell or high, come, come hell or high water every day. <laughs> oh, that's great. And do you have like a, a word count goal that you try to meet, or you just just write every day is the main goal? My main goal every day is to write one scene as a minimum. So mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes if I don't have, <clears throat> say I don't have those scenes, you know, full fledged or whatever, sometimes it might just be four or five hundred words. Um, or sometimes the scene will end up turning into three chapters and three thousand words. But my minimum, my minimum goal is a scene every day. So, Usually a scene ends up being a chapter, usually. Mm -hmm. um, but, 
So I don't really have a daily word count because I just find I get really frustrated <laughs> if I don't, you know. I mean, I just hate to set a, a word count goal of 3,000, and then if I don't hit it, I get so angry. But it's just better not to. It's better not for me anyway. Everyone's mm-hmm. different, but for me to not put a specific number. So I just look at it as a scene. I try to write a scene every day. And then use um, what do you write on? Is it like Word or like the, one of those writing softwares like Scrivener? Or? No, I use Microsoft Word. I write on a Mac laptop. Oh, cool. And uh, do you still find time to read, or I know you have a busy schedule. Yep. Oh yeah, I read. I read every day. I read. I read at night before I go to bed, and I can't go to sleep uh, if I haven't read. Um, doesn't matter if I get home at three in the morning um, after a crazy night out. Um, I pick up the book I'm reading, and yeah, you, I just have to. I don't know why, but I've I've been a reader from this long as I can remember, and I read every day. And do you still read uh, thrillers? Yeah, I, I read a lot. I read a lot of uh, uh, mysteries, uh, thrillers. I read a lot of nonfiction. I actually really enjoy reading biographies of writers. I read one of Harper Lee, I think, was my most recent. Patricia Highsmith I read recently. Um, it's just really interesting to me to experience how other writers formed and their work habits and and sort of what informed their work. It's fascinating to me. Do you interact a lot with your readers? Uh, are you active like on the Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff? Yeah, I am, and, and I certainly communicate with other writers. Uh, it's like everyone else. I'm really tight on time. So usually, mm-hmm. usually social media... Uh, is is one of the first things to fall off the <laughs> to fall off the <laughs> schedule. It's it's sort of low on the priority, but um, yeah, you know it's good. It's it's good to you know the writers that I have met. Everyone is really nice and supportive, and you know there's room for all of us. So and and peop- so many people have been so kind to me. I mentioned Thomas Perry. Uh, you know his book, The Butcher Boy is what really inspired me and I sent him I sent him Dead Wood, the first John Rockney mystery, and he wrote a really nice blurb for me which just blew me away. You know, I still can't believe it. Oh wow. and, and also wow. and also this 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 is amazing to me too. When I moved to Detroit I worked at an advertising agency and it was the same agency that Elmore Leonard had worked at as a copywriter in the nineteen fifties. And so, again, I was just probably young and, like, super naive, you know. But somehow I found Elmore Leonard's address in suburban Detroit, and I I wrote him a letter, and I I invited him to lunch. I told him, like, oh, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours, you know, whatever. And uh, he didn't take me up on the lunch offer, but a few weeks later, I get a letter from him in the mail. And it was like a two-page letter. And he, you know, yeah, he just totally talked to, I had mentioned a couple authors I liked. And so he wrote me this really nice letter back. I think I'd asked him a couple questions about writing and advertising and all that kind of stuff. And he answered all my questions and he shared his opinions on the writers I liked, um, if he did like them or he didn't. Um, It was like just a fantastic letter. I mean, hand typed and then hand signed and 
it just blew me away that Elmore Leonard took the time to write a two-page letter to me. I, it's just, it still, it still blows me away. Yeah, that's, I would have never. Yeah, I would never thought he would. Uh, that they, you would have heard back from him. That's a, that's incredible. I would have. Did, did you frame that letter? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's one of my prized possessions. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it is a neat thing about this industry. Even though you know, you know, like in this, whatever through crime thrillers or whatever, where everyone's in the same genre, but everyone really helps each other out and stuff. I think that's really cool about the about the writing community. Yep, me too. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm not going to take too much of your time, but um, uh, we have some listeners and some of our aspiring writers as well. I was wondering if uh, um, anything else you want to say to our listeners or any uh, words of wisdom on if they want to start writing? <laughs> uh, words of wisdom. <laughs> Boy, I'm, I'm, usually, I'm usually short on words of wisdom. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's uh I meet a lot of people who sort of want to be writers and don't have time and and all that but um and and it was interesting too i was i recently uh was invited to speak at a at the Friends of Lakes Regional Library System in Fort Myers, but I was asked a question about writer's block and uh, i I could tell the person asking kind of wanted to be a writer or was struggling and it, you know my answer was writer's block really is sort of a lack of self-confidence when you face the, bl- the blank page. It, I mean, most writers I know have no shortage of ideas. They're just, their sense of self-criticism is crippling and they just can't force themselves to write a page. And I've been there too. It's possible to overcome it. You know, you just have to take it a sentence at a time and, and just keep writing. And especially now, it's even though the industry is more competitive than ever, it's never been easier to write and publish and promote your work. And so, if if you have the desire, do it. Yeah, that's the only way. That's the only way, right? You gotta get actually get yeah. get done and do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then uh, for the listeners, they can find uh, information about you at uh, your website, right? AuthorDanAims.com. AuthorDanAames.com, that's the best place to find me. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. I occasionally check Instagram. but uh, that's, that's And I have a Pinterest page, but I don't know. I, I usually just post pictures of guns on there, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm going to check that one guns, out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's guns and guitars for some reason. I don't I <laughs> probably should post. I was probably supposed to, you know, post stuff about my books, but uh, I don't know. I always forget to. I don't know. That sounds like a that sounds like a good character thing there. The guns and guitars. Yeah. <laughs> guns and guitars. Yeah. Well, and I'll have links to it on the website too for listeners that are on the, listening to this on the website or whatever. But uh, uh, Dan, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking time for to being on the show and, uh, and and telling us about your work. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Alan. It was a pleasure to be your guest. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It really helps me get the word out. If you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that, it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode, as well as information about the uh, podcast in general. And you can also sign up for my mailing list there. You'll be getting uh, special offers from our 
guests as well as information uh, behind the scenes information on the podcast and uh, please do visit my author website at alanpeterson.com I appreciate your support and so until next episode I will talk to you then Thank you.